I'm your man Edward Shelton from Starting Over Podcast, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. This is Swag Nito with Clicks TV, and you're listening to Dial H for Hero Clicks. This is Skylar from Generation Clicks, and you're listening to Dial H. Hi, this is Ryan Morgan with Glass Cabinet Films, and you're listening to Dial H for Hero Clicks. I'm Amber. And I'm Jason from Married with Clicks, and you're listening to Dial H for Hero Clicks. Congratulations on 100 episodes. I have with me my cousin and good friend, Austin Smith. Oh, that's adorable. I didn't know it was your good friend. And the man who does more teabagging than a 12-year-old playing Halo. The man who handles more bots than a backroom FedEx worker. The man who fills more gaps than a cock gun. And the man who spent more time on the mound than Satchel Paige. Hey, how you doing? Mr. Drew Alderson. So, uh, Austin, we made a little mistake last week. Did we? We got so excited about having an episode 111 that we blew our, our load a little early. Did we? we? Premature celebrated a little a bit. Premature celebration? Yeah. Is that what we're going to call it? That's, you know, I I don't like the the term premature ejaculation. It brings up bad memories. I'm sure it does. So I've changed it to premature celebration. Oh. Is, that's the explanation you gave yeah. the current way? Yeah. So last week was actually episode 110, even though we improperly introduced oh, it. Oh, we're not going to keep the secret episode idea? This actually... <laughs> Is episode 111. I'm your host, Hunter Smith, and it's just uh, my cousin and good friend Austin Smith here. Yep. We have to go rescue Drew Alderson a little later. So this is going to be sort of a short episode. We do have a few things to talk about, though. We got some Ninja Turtle news. We got some other news about upcoming sets. And then Austin and I are going to discuss our thoughts on the Fury Max comic. And, of course, we'll, we'll hit up the mailbag. Uh, starting with the news, for those wondering, last week's theme, or let's wait and uh, see if anybody guesses it on the email first, yeah. and then we'll we'll give it away. I think I did, there was one person in particular I remember that actually did get it correctly. Um, with news, now, unfortunately this week, none of these are going to be easy for you to follow along. None of these are on HeroClicks.com. They are, however, all on our official Facebook page. So if you follow Dial H for Hero Clicks on Facebook, these will all be easily found. First thing we're going to talk about is Turtles. So we knew we were getting a Turtle set. We knew we were getting a Fast Forces and, a, and basically a countertop. But uh, And we knew the, uh, poker, chips, and dice. But there's a little bit more coming than we thought. Yeah. And... ICV2.com have put up an article telling us that the set will supposedly be coming in February. It will have a starter, a Mauser Mayhem starter set, which will include popular characters from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Really? M- I'm MS- <laughs> MSRP, 25 bucks. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Hero Clicks Fast Forces Pack. MSRP sixteen ninety nine. I just want to point out the fact that I find it funny the Fast Forces will offer an easy starting point for new players. Isn't that the job of the starters then? You know, I would think so. I also really hope the starters that has some maps in it. Oh, yeah. Because, uh... They've been taking them out of them. We need some, yeah, and we need some turtle-themed maps. Like sewers and sewers and more sewers. Exactly. Players can also add individual models with the foil packs, each of which contains a single figure. 
Foil packs are sold in 24-piece countertop displays. MSRP, $3 a pack. A Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle themed accessory pack will also be featured. Uh, we already knew about that with the two dice and the six action tokens for $10 MSRP. WizKids is also offering a release day organized play kit. Stores can order up to three. Each kit includes three copies of a limited edition Heroclix figure and card. Five copies of a double-sided map. So there's a guaranteed map right there. Yeah. So the OP kit only has one figure in it, but it does also have a map at least. Still no word on, you know, maybe the starter, maybe the maybe the countertop follows the comics, maybe the starter set follows the cartoon. You know, we don't know what is going to be what, what exactly. What does Mouser Mayhem a reference to? I mean, Mouser is a popular villain character. Mouser's... Mausers are the small little you know robot mice mm. thing, but um, I don't know. Hopefully, maybe that means it's going to come with some villains. That'd be cool if those maybe some villains maybe the... some horde token Mausers, since it's a starter set. I wonder if the fact they say the fast forces is for a starting point for new players. If the fast forces will be the turtles and the Mauser mayhem will be the uh, villains, that would be cool. I'll be down for whatever. I'm probably going to buy it all. So. It's, it's like, yeah, Hunter right now, is WizKids is just reaching into his wallet and just pulling out 20s. So this also is unofficial, but mm-hmm. there will be a OP kit called Gamma Smash, and this will not come until 2016. But this is a obviously a Hulk-based theme. It will be your typical OP kits they've been doing. It'll have, It's three figures will be She-Hulk, A-Bomb, and Red Hulk. Red Hulk with a new sculpt. Cool. Um, yeah, that's your, your typical setup for how many you can order and all that stuff. Also, a side note, we just noticed um, when we were looking at the Turtles article that there's going to be a new James Bond comic series written by Warren Ellis. So that'll be interesting. I like me some Warren Ellis. It says it comes out in November, so we'll have <clears> to give that a look. Um, I feel like we're missing something. Oh, yeah. So, this is, at this point, rumor and speculation. But pretty confident in this. The Superman and Batman World's Finest Fast Forces will be Superman, Batman, Poison Ivy, Nightwing, Toymaster, and Lex Luthor. There also will be a separate OP kit not related to Superman and Batman uh, that is a holiday OP kit with a 3D object, Abominable Snowman. Uh, we still don't know what the actual holiday figures are going to be. And then, of course, the Hulk Smash OP kit, which we already talked about. So not too much in the in the realm of official Heroclix news. They, of course, gave yet another spoiler from Nick Fury, a set that's been out now for three weeks? Two? Two and a half? Almost three weeks. Because I think it's safe to, to stop spoiling the the set with kids. I don't know. I think they should just continue spoiling it for the foreseeable future. Literally, we'll have Superman come out, and they'll still be spoiling Nick Fury. Is it is it too much to ask that you throw us a bone with a Superman Wonder Woman? You know, you know, one figure at least. Damn it, Steve! Show us the Hulk and freaking Superman and Wonder Woman. I'm sorry, the Doomsday. Uh. What's new with you, Austin? I know you've been playing a lot of Phantom Pain. Uh, freaking Phantom Pain came out on Tuesday, and I uh, I marathoned Peace Walker and uh, Ground Zeroes to lead up into it. Peace Walker is my favorite Metal Gear. I agree. Um, from a gameplay perspective, Peace Walker was just so much fun. 
And uh, it's the only game that's made me go back and replay missions to get crap. Like, a lot of games, like, force you to backtrack. Like, this is the first one I think I've played in a while where I felt the need to go back and do stuff on my own. Like, I replayed the Capture the Tank mission, like, 12 times just for the hell of it. Um, but started Phantom Pain. It's like if Mercenaries, Red Faction, Guerrilla, Just Cause, and Metal Gear had a baby that didn't suck. Like, it's just a great all-around game. Um, it gets kind of repetitive like most open-world games tend to do, but... Um, I'm having a blast with it. There's nothing like running in a base and putting everybody to sleep and tying weather balloons to their crotches and flying them into the sky. I haven't quite gotten to play yet. I haven't even seen anything of it yet, but I'm kind of purposely not Yeah, avoid everything. Just avoiding everything. I went to get advice on something and already hit spoilers. I'm like, gosh dang it, people. Can't you just like give tips without any spoilers? Is it that hard? I've been playing some stuff for the the blog. I've uh, I just started Conker's bad fur day which i'd never played before and it is absolutely hilarious so freaking funny didn't you finish chrono trigger uh i did finish chrono trigger and then um what else did i just play kirby superstar ashley and i've been playing that co-op it's really fun i found a cool little app that the wii u has that i had never seen before i don't know how long it's been on there but they have an app where you take your amiibo and oh you, god, here we go. You register it on your system, and it unlocks a NES or a SNES game from off of the virtual console for you, but instead of you getting the complete game, you get um, chapters, basically, and on each chapter you get two minutes, I think. Some of the games, you can beat it. Like, I beat, I, I unlocked super, the original Mario Brothers. I ran through the whole game, but I'm really, really good at it. I mean, I've been beating that game since I was three. Um, so, really, the timer thing isn't even that much of an issue. For other games, though, it's really cool because it just gives you a taste of of the game. And, and to skip to the next chapter, you just tap the amiibo that unlocked it for you on your controller, and it goes to the next thing. So, like, for instance, when I unlocked Link to the Past, it just goes to the next boss fight automatically. So you tap it, it goes to the next boss fight, you can try the boss fight. That's pretty cool. It's really cool. So Ashley and I did a couple hours last night, just went through a bunch of my Amiibos. And I want a been Blaster Master games. Amiibo, but I know I'll never get one. That's a property that was short-lived, but pretty fun. While I love that. That was one of my favorite NES games. Alright, so... Like last week, we are going to save the comics talk until the end of the episode. That way, if you guys haven't read Nick Fury yet, and um, we won't spoil anything for you. Feedback across the board, 100%, was everybody enjoys the um, the comic talk, so we're going to keep on doing it. I was going to um, say, I missed actually talking about comics and stuff. At least once a month, if not twice a month. Before we move into Fury Max, let me go through the mailbag real quick. Is Eric Leno back yet? No. Our super fan's missing. Somebody needs... Send out the call. Someone get a hold of us Make sure man. that he's still alive, I'm telling you. I mean, he's retweeting wrestling shit all the time, so I'm sure he's out there, unless he's got a bot doing it for him. So, Drake McGavin wrote us a very long, very interesting email, most of which he doesn't want me to read on air. Um... But in the part that he doesn't want us to read on air, he he, he gives us a lot of compliments, and they're appreciated. How about that, to sum it up? Now, as far as that, he gives us five questions that I really, really like, and I don't think, I don't think that I really want to um, ask them all at the same time. 
I think we should. So like, you're gonna do store one, a couple. And yeah, do... I think we should do one per episode. That'd be pretty cool. Um, number one kind of references Drew, and he's not here, so we'll wait for that one. Let's go with. Uh, let's go with number three. What are your guys' favorite standard items to beat people down with? I love the idea of beating someone with an ultra heavy shark, but that's just me. I use ultra heavy shark. A I lot use too. ultra heavy shark. <laughs> uh, I like the light toilet. I like the skull. Just because the um, idea of beating somebody with a skull. The skull. light honey badger. Oh yeah, that one too. Uh, the arcade machines a go a go to. The Sentinel Ultra Heavy, the, the pieces of the broken down Sentinel is really cool for the Ultra Heavies. I should note that the objects we were specifically referencing before the Sentinel part were all of the uh, yeah, they're ROC all ROC ones. And that's all I've really been using for the most part since Those, I got them. They're just, so useful. I just prefer the, the larger ones outside of the regular cardboard yeah. size objects. Um I'm trying to think of what I use out of the standard ones from the sets when I do. I used to use the cap shield a lot, but it's so tiny. If it was bigger, I would use it 24-7. Yeah. But There's they're so a, small. I like the dumpster. Like the typical heavy dumpster. I think we've got like three versions of it by now. Uh, let's see. So here clicks one to a Gmail who's been emailing us a lot, late, uh, a lot lately. Uh, he has a suggestion for a comic to talk about. He says, Old Man Logan. We've actually talked a, yeah. a decent amount about it. I finally Logan read before. through it. He says he, he just finished it. It was an amazing book. He finally found it the other day and finished it in the exact same day. He'd love to hear our opinions. It's one of my favorite Marvel books. I definitely. really liked it. Um, side note, after three years of playing this great game, I've made the decision to quit. Due to moving and not bringing any turn tournaments nor playing any side games i figure it's a waste of space to keep my big collection i'm losing space in my room due to them yet i'll still continue to listen and keep up to date i love the show guys keep up the great work you guys have made me a better player and kept me up to date and entertained yeah you started clearing out space of your stuff didn't you yeah i'm not quitting the game or anything but um i in general have been selling a lot of collection stuff and just limiting how much stuff I own because I'm going to be moving in the next couple years and shortly after that probably having kids and all that good stuff so space is going to be more limited so it's like I'm getting a head start basically that's, uh, that's the Hunter Smith thinking ahead I sold all my col uh, colossals except for Batman related stuff and my master mold of my sentinels because I just couldn't part with them no, and I, mean, I play them a if you did I would have been mad and I would have bought you another one but I would have done it anonymously so you'd keep selling them and I would keep buying them but off of you and mailing them back I to had you. every colossal except for I think S Spectre and Dr. Manhattan were the only two I didn't have and uh, I've now sold them all except for the Batcave and the um, the sentinel related stuff I sold almost all my vehicles, except for the Batman-related stuff, and I sold all my team bases aside from maybe three or four that I play a lot. I kept the X-Men ones because we're not going to get X-Men for a long time. Yeah. And I kept the New Mutants for the same reason. Um, and the Shi'ar because I really like them. And those figures, those are like the only Shi'ar we have. Yeah. So I didn't want to get rid of them. Um, yeah, I, I've been cleaning, clearing out the collection of comics, clicks, and some other stuff here lately Jesse Robertson comic talk short answer yes please keep up the segment I will now be reading Red Sun because it sounds awesome did you guys read Original Sin which is where the super rare Nick Fury with the watcher's eyes came from I started it and I, went, I 
didn't really get into it. I kind of wish I... I'm thinking about going back and reading through it. I just finished it last week. I liked the concept of the book and who Fury really is, but I always have to wonder and question things like that when a character's whole history is given a complete addendum, like in this story. It's plausible, I guess, especially for a spy like Nick Fury, but there are some really cool things in here, nevertheless. Um, I, I was meh on Original Sin. I... It looked promising to begin with. I liked a lot of the characters. They were showcasing some characters I like that don't usually get time in big stories, such as Nova, Black Widow, and, and Moon Knight. They had parts, and Bucky. They all played decently big parts, and they usually are in the background in Marvel events because they're not the powerhouse guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick Fury himself, I enjoy, and he was a main character. But I don't know. I, I finished it. But it's definitely not in my even top fifty percent of comic book events. You know, it wasn't it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. But uh, maybe if Austin reads it, we can recap it. Yeah. And talk about it. Let's see. Davey really enjoyed this episode, guys. I don't know if it's because I agree with everything you said one hundred percent or what, but I, I think just... all of our fans should agree one hundred percent because of that great <laughs> mind control technology we put in this intro. I just. <laughs> I just, no, they're mind controlled. They don't know any different, Hunter. But I just felt like you guys were on it last week. Anytime we can take a trip down to the corner, it's a good week. He says, You were dead on about the top figures in Nick Fury. I couldn't agree more about it possibly being the best set they've made. Every figure I have played is a joy to get onto the table. I was really glad to hear Comic Time come back. Hearing you guys talk about comics was awesome in a lot of your older episodes, and I definitely look forward to more of it. I'll be picking up Fury Max and reading along this week. I also agree about Red Sun. It was an incredible read along with Kingdom Come and Watchmen, the best thing I've ever read in comics. All three of those, I feel, are good enough stories that they hold up in a text-only format and still engage a reader. Not many comic stories can do the same. God, I love Watchmen. Did I hear Austin say that he hasn't read Kingdom Come? I haven't read Kingdom Come. we got to fix that ASAP. That is actually one of the books we will be covering soon because I've been wanting to reread it myself for a very long time, and I don't think Drew has ever read it either, and I have the trade. So we will be doing Kingdom Come uh, in the next few months. Thanks for taking the time to give such great answers to my questions about designing an OP kit. I'll, it's a good thing that WizKids is doing, let him, letting them do small batches of figures without having to invo- devote an entire sub-theme of a set. I fully agree, and it's what I said before a couple years ago. I really wish they would have done Fast Forces like that, where Fast Forces were completely independent of the sets, and they just release them every now and then. I like them, too. I, it keeps... Um, it's a little bit of variation. Since they've stopped doing these big OP kits that are based around the sets... They have to do something yeah. like this. And they don't charge much for the OP kits. So it's been nice. It keeps your players showing up week to week to be looking out for you know a specific figure. And like he says, they do, they've done a good job of doing a wide variety of yeah. themes. Well, I can also say out of 80% of these OP kits, I've had figures that I feel like I really want to play. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, they're damn, fun dials. That's a pretty good damn yeah, they're hit fun, ratio. They're there. fun dials on top of being fun characters. So kudos whoever's in charge of doing that at WizKids. Keep it going. I'm loving the Player One project blog. I've decided after kicking the idea around for a long time to start a Clicks blog. Do you have any suggestions for how to get started 
or good ideas to implement or bad ideas to avoid. Any help I'd appreciate. Thanks as always. Keep up the great work. Uh, Austin's been doing it longer than I have. I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants right now, but it's, luckily it's turning out well for me. Blogging blogging is all about its connections and content. Like those are the two big things you can do. Make friends with everyone else in the community. Get get the name of your blog out there. Get members of blog exchanges, stuff like that. And then make sure you have the content. Like it, no one cares if you make two three posts in a day as long as they're quality posts. And like you need a good basis of content to get people going. Um, I use WordPress. I know some people use. Uh, there's a couple others out there. Uh, WordPress does a really cool thing where if somebody searches for a search term on Bing or Yahoo. It doesn't work on Google, sadly, because Google blocks it. But um, it'll tell you the term they use that ended up finding your blog, which is kind of cool. So you can actually see what kind of articles people are looking for when they find you, and it kind of helps you tailor what you're writing for people and stuff like that. I, too, have been using WordPress, and I really like it just because I feel it's like easy it's, it's easy to use. Um, I've been, as far as content... I've been writing articles faster than one a week, but I've been limiting and scheduling them ahead of time. So basically, I, I get yeah. it all together, and then I schedule it for a date, and I made a little schedule out on when each article is going to come out. Um, that way, I have a steady flow of content That's without going too. overboard. Because at first, I was kind of – I was, I was throwing them up as soon as I got them done, but then I thought about it, and I was like, that works right now when we're covering the – Atari 2600 and the NES where these games are short but what's going to happen when I get to the PS2 and the GameCube and I'm playing 20 to 30 hour games I'm not going to be able to crank out I'll, yeah. I'll be lucky if I get one a week so that's why I'm kind of scheduling things now once a week um, yeah like Austin said just keep a steady stream of content and uh, if it's if it's decently written the people will come people will come if you and build it, they will come. It's kind of the same thing with our podcast. Like we've said it before, like you, you just provide the you, you provide the people what they want, and we do it weekly. We do it on par. We have the content, so we have fans. And you'll get better as you go. You everyone starts out bad when they start out anything, just like podcasting. Yep, that's the one life lesson podcasting has taught me that I've carried over into everything. You will start out bad before you'll get good, and even then, we're still not good as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Yep, that does it for mail. I I could have sworn somebody did. I'm probably it may have been somebody who also turned in a best build, so I may have it flagged as a best build. But somebody did guess last week's video game theme team at the end of the episode or a theme song at the end of the episode, and it was boxers theme from Super Street Fighter Two. We need more video game sets. Um, and like I said, unfortunately, I cannot find who it was. Well, whoever it was, you know who you are. <laughs> Good job. You're a winner. <laughs> Good job. You're the best around. That guy who sent the email, you're a winner. <laughs> um, so, quick wrap up. Check out HeroClicksUnderground.com. It's where you can find all our information for our website and on any other HeroClicks-related media, including podcasts, blogs, all that good stuff, HeroClicksUnderground.com. Shaping up nice. If you're going to buy anything off HD Realms, use our promo code DIALH. That's all one word. That saves you an extra uh, 5 to 10% across the top. And then my blog's PlayerOneProject.WordPress.com. That's the number one. And uh, it's video game-related. Austin does Minecraft 
has no, a Minecraft my, blog. My blog is or, uh, I mean, Warhammer. Uh, Warhammer blog, Minecraft modding as your other thing. Yeah. Um, my blog is a uh, Clan Corvac, uh, Clan, and then K H O R V A A C dot com, and uh, it redirects straight to the blog. So we're going to be wrapping up this, just like last week, we're going to wrap up this episode. You'll hear the video game music that you can try to guess for next week. And if you want to listen to some talk about Nick Fury Max, stay tuned after the music for that. So, we read some Nick Fury Max. We did. I enjoyed it. I did too. It's been a long time since I had read it, so I read it with the boys as well to refresh my memory. I'll pull up the information on it so we can give credit to all the fantastic people who worked on it. I do want to note, looking up Fury Max definitely led to a lot of Mad Max. Yeah, it did for me too. Whenever I was trying to... uh, find the obtain it legally the covers no, no. <laughs> um i already had it i had it still on my kindle from forever ago when i downloaded it so we read <clears throat> there are three different nick fury max books we covered the 2012 run from issue 1 to 13 which is the better of the the three i thought i enjoyed fury peace walker or uh, no it's that's peacemaker i <laughs> peacemaker He's basically Big Boss. Uh, Peacemaker. I thought that was a good one, too. But this was my favorite, so this is why I chose this one for us. Um, Written by Garth Ennis, who also did the Punisher Max series. One of the best, if not for sure the best, Punisher runs of all time. So, to no surprise, Punisher shows up in this series at one point. And... uh, is arguably the best part of the entire thing. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> the story at at its base is Fury getting... I, this was essentially, really, if you think about it, this was Marvel's final send-off to the original Nick Fury before Nick Fury Jr. takes over in That's the mainstream. This, this was written... A little bit before Original Sin, and and after Marvel made the decision to bring Fury Jr. into the fray and to phase out Nick Fury. So this is essentially a farewell to Nick Fury uh, story, and it's kind of set in the future. It's, it's like, take one part of James Bond, take one part... Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. Mm. I'm trying to think, there's something that reminds me of, and I can't for the life of me think. I almost want to say it kind of reminded me of Unknown Soldier a little. A little bit un- unknown. Where it Soldier. has like the ethics of war and all that. Yeah. Stuff. So the, a lot of the topics covered are ethics, ethics of war. Actually, that's that's, that's the main the gist topic. Of the entire arc, yeah. um, particularly the second half of the the plot 
And specifically the Cold War. Um, it covers a lot of different wars. Or shouldn't say cover. It mention it, it discusses a lot of different moments in American history, but for the most part, yeah. Um, it it's very slow at first. Yeah, it sets up kind of the time period for you. It sets up Nick himself and like two key, very key characters that you think are gone for a while and then end up becoming a big part of everything, and then kind of goes into the action. Yeah. The action part is what reminds me a lot of Peace Walker. I don't know why I keep saying that, but I think it's because, for one, the environment they're in is kind of a jungle-ish yeah. environment. There's some mm. scenes in it that... he's got an eye patch. Yeah, the eye <laughs> patch, obviously. There's some scenes-specific moments, uh, like battle moments, that kind of remind me of it, too. Well, the, and the, sniping the, moments. And The other thing is there's a little bit of talk about, like... Uh, the ethics of why the wars are being fought and the fighting of old wars versus new wars, which mm-hmm. is brought up a bit in Metal Gear Games too. Whereas like Nick gets into like special forces and how special forces used to be such a big deal and all this stuff and now they're just like thrown into the grind with the rest of the normal soldiers. Exactly. And how they're really I mean the term special forces is becoming less and less special. Special because there's so many different kinds and and it's it's a lot of com- he does a lot of comparisons between like uh, World War Two and the Cold War and how like they're completely different because World War Two was like a defined good versus evil kind of war, right? Whereas the Cold War is you have two countries that refuse to fight each other, so they're fighting with everybody else in the process, and it gets a lot into the ramifications of how far both sides are willing to go to kind of screw up all these countries in the f- in the act of fighting each other, which is part of the ethics behind the vietnam war and all the central american conflicts and all that stuff the art is pretty good it's not it's one got of those its moments it's not one of those styles that's gonna like blow you away um but i've it it fits the story and keeps you engaged in the story and that's all you really need you know it doesn't distract you away yeah. from what's going on and that's the most important actually thing. one thing the artist did kind of well was uh the characters age up because there's like a time jump between all the different wars. Yep. Uh, they do a good job of not making the same character just like add two lines to his face to look older. Mm. Like they actually do look legitimately older, but you still recognize the character. I liked a lot of the covers too of yeah. the of the individual issues. They make it feel even more kind of um, James Bondish, especially the first series, and then the second series is more about the war. Um, my favorite part is. Probably Punisher and Hammerhead, um, or uh, not Hammerhead, Barracuda. Yeah, I was going to say I, I like Barracuda too. I think that might have been Barracuda's first appearance. I could be wrong. Is Barracuda in the main universe? I have to look up. He is now. Oh, wait. It's not. Okay, it actually happens to say it right here. It's not his first appearance, but it tells his origin. And this is the first time gotcha. they've showed his origin. Um, very cool character. This kind of shows Frank's origins, too, because this is Frank pre... Vietnam, pre yeah, th- this is basically him before he becomes a part of the Marvel Universe. You know, when we find him in the Marvel comics, his origin story, he's already been in special ops and everything for years and years, and now he's come back home. Basically, so really, this is a 
This is a prequel for Marvel Comics Punisher and a end story for Nick Fury. Yeah. It, the one thing that this thing does make me sad about is the fact that we will never see a cinematic version of this Nick Fury. Like, I don't I don't think we'll ever see a movie like this, which I think this would make a great movie. It would. It, it actually feels a lot like a, a, almost like a part of the jungle type yeah. movie. Um, like a, like a movie that we would have gotten in the early 80s. Yeah. You know, um, it's a shame. Full metal jacket style. Yeah, it's a shame, like you said, because it would make a really cool movie. The problem is, though, you wouldn't be able to tie it into the Marvel Universe, really. But I feel like at this point, they've established themselves, like Marvel has established, got its foot in the door in the cinematic universe with the mainstream, with with the average public. Yeah. Now, now that they get all these characters out of the way, I wish they would start taking some really cool storylines from comics that, that, that are obviously like would do well in movies like this and make a rated R movie with it with agree. some characters and just make a good movie that happens to have Nick Fury and Punisher in it, you know? I think that's the current jump they're looking at, though, is... Uh, so, now that superhero movies are hitting the point where, like, we have them almost, like, get them ready, box them, send them out down a template... I think now they can start branching out into R-rated superhero movies like Deadpool and stuff like that, and then we can see like where they can branch off and how far they can go with them. Yeah. An R-rated Deadpool and Wolverine is definitely... And Punisher, for sure, are all definitely needed. Yeah. An R-rated Moon Knight uh, movie would be really cool, too. I honestly... like. I really <laughs> hope they do Punisher well. Um, I really liked him in this, because it's he's a little different. Like... You get he's like he is in the main universe and everything after he's a su- superhero quote unquote, um, but he's I don't want to say more cold, but he feels more quiet. I guess like there's no like witticisms. He doesn't ever like crack a one liner or anything like that. Well, he's he just doesn't. Mission, mission, mission. He doesn't really. Garth Ennis writes Punisher how he should be written, and he doesn't. His Punisher doesn't. That's good. The thing is. You haven't read a whole lot of Punisher books, and when you do see them, it's usually in it's usually in a like big event, and combos right. And stuff like and that. And so yeah. you're seeing them written by writers who don't typically handle him, and for that matter, handle him well. Yeah, I like Punisher like this and much better, and it makes me want to read Punisher. Like books. if you if you read Fury Max and you even slightly enjoy Punisher, you should definitely read Punisher Max because it I cannot rape him. I mean, I know I'm a, I'm a big Punisher fanboy but actually Punisher Max is what made me a Punisher fanboy I read them when they first came out when I was in like middle school high school age and freaking just loved them and Garth Ennis definitely writes Punisher better than anybody else and that's but that's how Frank is in his books too even though it's in the future I mean he does the character justice overall though I'd say I, I did enjoy this this was a very good little uh... it's my favorite Fury book like like book that has Nick Fury in it in any capacity pers- as someone personally with, as someone without a lot of experience with Fury this was a great like this was a good I don't want to say summary but it kind of justified the character and how he like how he is and all that stuff like that to me yeah and I, I really like it like it makes me want to read other things with Fury as a main focus like this kind of story or if you go back to the origins of Nick Fury like Nick Fury and the Hell and Commandos type stuff those are the only two times that I really enjoyed the character. I don't, I don't like 
Nick Fury as the leader. I don't like Nick Fury as the leader of Shield and dealing with political sh- uh, shit. Like I like this Gr- kind, like the action war based stories. Nick Fury or secret agent Nick Fury type stuff. I can definitely see that. That's what I like, and I think this book pulls it off really well. So yeah, I would easily recommend it. Um, I'm pretty sure you can probably find a trade of all these on Amazon pretty cheap. There are two trades that collect. Uh, one goes number issue one to seven, I think, and the other one goes eight to thirteen. <clears throat> Let me find the names and how much they are. So I usually use my comic shop for my comics because uh, when I buy them, because they have great prices and they also do free shipping if you spend a hundred bucks, I think, or maybe it might even be fifty. Uh, Amazon, Amazon also. I have Amazon Prime. Yeah, Amazon also is usually <laughs> cheap. Um, Fury Max, My War Gone By, Trade Paperbacks. There's yeah, like I said, there's two of them that cover the entire number one through thirteen, and they are for very fine condition. They're eleven dollars and twelve seventy five respectively. So that's not bad. For only tw- for under twenty five bucks, yeah. you can get the uh, thirteen inches if you want to give it a shot. But if it if you like we said if you start out and it seems a little slow, that's just because it is. It's yeah. it definitely picks up. It kind of has to set up the basis and the characters and everything, and then it once it gets into the actual action scenes, that's when it really starts feeling like a good war movie or a good Metal Gear Solid type game yeah. type thing. Like two to three issues in, I was like, "And eh, this is going to be kind of rough to finish, probably." And then like it really just. When the characters really get evolved and start getting their own personalities and everything, like it hits its stride. So, hope you guys enjoyed this comic talk. If you have any suggestions for books we should cover, be sure to send them to us at dialhforheroclicks at gmail.com. And that includes third-party publishers, not just Marvel or DC. Right. We're going to try to keep most of our topics based around sets. sets that are upcoming or that have come out. So, let's look real quick. We should do a Ninja Turtles one, just because I've never read a turtle comic. We could. I mean, I you mean, keep telling me to read The Secret Origins of the Foot Clan. You should definitely read Secret Origins of the Foot Clan. So, that's on the list to do eventually. Uh, we've all read Age of Ultron and talked about it before on the podcast, yeah. so I really would rather <laughs> stray away from Age of Ultron. Um see let's look at through Avengers Assemble see if we can think if I can think of any good really good stories that are like must reads I personally enjoyed Avengers Assemble <clears throat> at first a whole lot but it's kind of a long read um and then a lot of these other characters are from Infinity which we also talked about a lot oh, yeah. on the podcast back when it was happening <clears throat> back when we used to do comic talk all um, the time what about Batman versus Superman style comics for the upcoming movie and Batman Superman set. Or any good Wonder, Wonder, Woman, Wonder Woman comics, I should say, either. Well, you've read New 52 Wonder Woman, didn't you? To a point. Okay. I think I got like 12 issues in. The first, yeah, the first, I was going to say, those are the better ones. I think I think the first 18 issues, the first three trades are the best. Um, that, and that's my favorite, Wonder Woman. I was going to say, I, I loved it. Other than that, I like her a lot in most Justice League stuff. I'll think of some Superman, Batman stuff. If anybody else has any suggestions of like the best of the best, if not, we can do a good, a you know, one really good super. Well, we just did a really good Superman. Yeah, we but, did a really good Batman. But a, a good su- regular, like that was kind of different. Yeah. Red Sun Superman, obviously, very different than a regular Superman. He's I have lots of good Superman and Batman stories, so. 
Um, and I'm I'm a Marvel fanboy. I mean, that's what I read primarily and stuff like that. So it's nice to actually break over into DC and read some of their main storylines and stuff like that. We'll do a good. We'll do one good DC, one good or one good Batman, one good uh, Superman. Uh, it's going to be hard to narrow down the Batman. Oh yeah, I already have a million in my head right Suggestions, now. Suggestions, fans. And we already have. Austin and I have read New 52 Batman, so I want, I want to give Austin a really good like, old-school Batman story. My personal favorite, one of my personal favorites is The Cult, but it's not considered, like, the best. It mm. just happened to be the very first Batman comic I ever read and happened to be really, really good. Yeah, that's what I said about Red Sun. I was very happy it lived up to my nostalgia being my first comic. So anyways, any suggestions, <coughs> send them dial H for HeroClicks at gmail.com. And we'll see you, not next week, because uh, I'll be gone to San Francisco, so we're taking next week off. We will be back on the weekend of the All 18th those and 19th. gay parties that you're going to, I'm yeah. so jealous. I know you're jealous. I'll send you some <laughs> pictures. And I'm sure you will. We'll see you guys. Later, guys.